for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, it's been a rough day, but you know what? It's It, it makes always makes for an interesting podcast, a good podcast. It's been a long day, but you know what? I feel like this podcast has been in the works for even longer because, let's see, we were supposed to do something in December, I feel like, and then January got rescheduled, and then... February got rescheduled, or and then here we are in February. So, uh, really excited to have you on. We have Nicholas Lowe of Noon Shift. How's it going today? Yeah, good, Tom. How are you? Doing pretty good. You know, just enjoying enjoying this weirdly warm weather that we're having. So, you Enjoy know, it well last day. for sure, for sure. So, um, you're based out of uh, Sydney, Australia. Is that where you're from originally? Born, raised Sydney. Yeah, yeah, born, raised in Sydney. Well. Yeah, we've all pretty much grown up here. Okay, and you're a one third, right? One third of noon shift. What before we kind of jump into your story and all that stuff? What's the uh, origin story of noon shift? How'd you all come together? Uh, well, we all met when we were pretty young, actually. So I think it was uh, it was year eight of high school. Mm-hmm. So we were all about 13, 14 when we started uh, jamming together. So I remember year seven, we kind of, towards the end of the year, we were all in this little junior guitar ensemble that hmm. um, we were, yeah, we're all just part of that. And um, most of the time it was just us jamming on these crappy little uh, like classical guitars. Yeah. But, you know, eventually they started thinking, oh yeah, you know, maybe we'll give these guys a shot at, you know, playing something a bit more interesting. Yeah. So we, uh, well, what they decided to do was they got like, a drummer that they knew who was, you know, in our grade and a bass player. And that's how we all met. So yeah, we just started jamming together and we never really looked back. We've always just kept doing that in various locations. When you guys started playing together, what kind of music were you making or was it always kind of like in that rock realm? Yeah, it was always pretty much in the rock realm. I mean, it's probably not what you want to say and be like, Oh yeah, nah, our sound has not changed at all in the almost 10 years we've been a band, but I think it's, yeah. you know, we've well, you know it, kind of stuck to our roots and we've always kind of liked that yeah. type of stuff. So, yeah. And it, not to say that like staying in the same genre, you're not able to like change your sound. Cause I'm sure your sound has matured over the last 10 years oh, and yeah, kind of sure. come into its own. But like when nowadays, saying like a specific genre like rock or blues or country that's just like an umbrella term because then you can go down the rabbit holes into 800 different subgenres of rock music or country music and so yeah. that's always kind of interesting to dive into so yeah totally it's weird it's like um like a lot of the time people ask what you listen to mm-hmm. but i reckon i don't know if you get asked and you say you like rock music, it's not like you like all rock music. Like there's yeah. rock music I don't like. There's yeah. rock 
music I really like. You know, it's like all those, yeah, different little micro genres and shit. Yeah, that um, I feel, yeah, I feel I guess like you're probably the same. You know, there's stuff you like, stuff you don't like. Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, like you look at my Spotify play, like my not live and amplified Spotify playlist, like my personal mm-hmm. one that it's just like whatever. It's got everything from Ed Sheeran and Miley Cyrus to you know ale storm and like and name any like super heavy metal band and yeah so it's a it's a it's an eclectic playlist to say the least so yeah oh well, uh, i guess that's kind of where tastes going those days everyone likes a little bit of everything mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so the band's been playing together for about 10 years what's your backstory what got you into music um well i guess i've always had an interest but I guess when you're a younger kid, it's like you don't really have any big ambitions to do much with it or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I remember when I was seven, I wanted to play guitar and, you know, I was like really into it. So I started doing lessons, you know, I learned Amazing Grace on like the top two strings of the guitar. <laughs> um, it was all going pretty good. And then I quit. And then, you know, there was a little period of time where I wasn't really playing mm-hmm. at all. And then I had a sleepover at my cousin's place and it just so happened they had a little guitar and I couldn't even really play it because I'm left-handed and the guitar was right-handed. But I mean, I probably wouldn't have sounded much better if I was on an actual left-handed guitar anyway at that time. But anyway, I picked it up and um, we started strumming on it and we're like, oh, let's start a band, start a little family band. Um. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll be the guitar player because, you know, yeah. they're the coolest ones. So yeah. that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I may as well not be shit. And I just started getting some lessons. And I guess I was only, I was like nine or 10 at the time, but this time I took it a lot more seriously. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just started gotcha. playing and never looked back. Gotcha, gotcha. And during what was your family's opinion throughout this? Like from when you started as a kid, were they always supportive or was it kind of like, yeah, but go to school. Like, Where was your family at in your musical endeavors? I think they were for the most part, really supportive. Like they always supported me doing lessons and, mm-hmm. um, you know, spending my spare time doing that. And mm-hmm. I still went to school and finished school. Um, yeah. Not that I was ever that into it, but um, I guess they kind of just accepted that. I mean, growing up and leaving school and going to the real world's a bit of a mm. different story. You can't just bum around at home and play guitar all day yeah. as much yeah. as you want to. Yeah. So you. there was, you know, around that like first little bit of time where I was just out of school, there was, you know, a bit of push to, you know, you got to, you know, study something or yeah. work or, you know, just do something. And, you know, I reckon that's pretty helpful. Yeah, for you know, sure. Being a musician right. costs money. So it's good to have a job and spend all your fucking paycheck on guitar pedals. So right, right. Good advice, I, I reckon. So I do the same exact thing with, I do the exact same thing with audio gear and cameras. So it's like. Oh, you can fucking collect that stuff for days, oh yeah. can't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's gotten to the point now where it's like, all right, I know I need new, new gear, but I got to stop. Like I got to get myself ahead a little bit and then i'll go back into it so yeah it's like the stuff i've got now it works let's just 
actually do some stuff with it. Hey? Yeah. 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 For yeah. sure. Cause you could sit there and say, Oh, I'm not ready yet. I don't have the right gear, but you're mm. never going to have all the gear you need if you're not making money. So. Oh, totally. That, that's I mean, half I the fun sometimes I find is just researching it, just watching mm. reviews on YouTube and yeah. like learning about it. And it's like, yeah. you get the fucking thing. You're like, Oh, well that was cool. Yeah. What's it's, next? I've done that several times where it's like, Oh, I got it. And now it's just sitting in the closet because I use it once a year. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I guess there's, yeah, you don't want too much gear like that, but it's really nice having like, I know that people say, Oh, don't fucking don't worry about gear, but it it is cool having pieces of gear that, you know, you spend a little bit of money on. They're really good. And you use them often. Like you use them all the time when you're doing that activity where it's like, I don't know, like you find that one microphone or that one camera that, works even like a fucking nice mic stand you're just like yeah. this is the mic stand i'm gonna have for the rest of my life and oh, yeah. i'm gonna treat this like it's my firstborn child so if, if i ever fu- yeah. if i ever found a mic stand that lasted more than six months i'd be ecstatic <laughs> like we go through mic stands like crazy around here it's like oh really like because we're moving so much so we lose like parts to it and then nuts and bolts come loose because we're moving around so much and it's like all right well this boom doesn't stay in place so now Mm. we got a duct tape like and all our stuff is just like super jerry-rigged and it's just like all right let's don't touch that nope do not touch it because it's gonna fall apart and you know yeah so yeah it's a pain in the ass isn't it yep especially when they start moving on their own Oh yeah. That's awesome. Like this rig that I have right here, this boom arm and this, it never moves. So it's just kind of like, all right, hopefully it'll last more than six months, but you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, no, that's cool. And then, so noon shift kind of came to get, you started playing guitar and that's kind of how noon shift came together. Right. was through the guitar you were mentioning. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, yeah, well, I picked up guitar when I was in primary school and then from there went to high school and I don't know if it's like middle school in the States, year seven. Is that what you yeah, say? Yep. Uh, middle school. It depends yeah. on, it depends on where in the country you're at. Cause some people oh, yeah. call it, some people call it middle school. Some people call it junior high school. So it, it depends on where you're at in the country. So uh, junior high. Yeah. I hear that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So but I guess, yeah, either way, it was like, uh, starting a new school, I wanted to kind of integrate a little bit and pick up some stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I joined the guitar ensemble, started playing soccer. I was shoot at that. So I stopped after like two years. Yeah. Um, but I stuck with the guitar. Okay. So yeah, I guess I probably wouldn't have met those guys if I hadn't started playing and yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, and so then you, was it right off the pretty much right off the bat that you guys started uh, playing together or did the band kind of go through a transformation throughout the years or is it pretty much being consistent with like lineup and stuff like that? We've definitely had a few lineup changes. I mean, when mm-hmm. we first started, we had like the same lineup for a good while, pretty much mm-hmm. all through high school. We were the same uh, band for the most part. Um, but yeah, I remember just kind of, we've always, had something to work towards. Mm-hmm. So most of the time it was just like our high school battle of the bands. It was like yeah. one performance a year and we just would like obsess over it for a yes. number of months. But I mean, when you're a band starting out and you're 
trying to get a good live set. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, spending up to a year just playing the same couple of songs and figuring each other out. Yeah, and doing sure. the exact same thing every rehearsal because it's like you're young and there's so much room for growth um, yeah. and to get better. But yeah, yeah so we kind of, that was always the thing that we'd prepare for and we'd write a couple of songs. You need to have original songs, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 So the high school battle of the bands, you would do uh, a cover and you'd have to have at least one original song. Yeah. So we were working on those and, yeah, we always wanted to record I think, yeah, ever since I was maybe like 12 or 13, I kind of was always interested in recording and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like doing that home recording stuff, which is fun and a massive rabbit hole. You can dive down right. for gear yeah. and I've definitely done that. But oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. so I guess having the band, there was always that, um, that want to start recording us because I guess I had the knowledge not much, but mm. I had the interest at least. Yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. Um, yeah. Like doing all that and running the session and recording the drums and the bass and all that stuff. So yeah. it took a little while cause we were kind of shit starting off a little yeah. better. Now. I mean, um, but yeah. I, from what I've heard, you've got good music. So it's, oh, thanks for that. You know, it's a, uh, it's uh, like, it, it's always really interesting because I feel like there's a, f- there's like with rock bands, it's either you're really good or you're complete shit. Like there, there's really no, like, especially in the independent scene, just from what I've seen, it's mm-hmm. like, there's no like run of the mill, like, okay, that's just, you know, unless they're doing cover or nothing but covers, but it, there's no, in my opinion, there's like nothing that's just like, okay, that's an average rock band. No, it's either really good or just shit. Mm. So it's, that's just a lot of the rock music that I've heard over the last year and a half. It's like, all right, I've not seen anything that was like, okay, that's, you know, I expect that. So that's a really interesting observation. Yeah. Have you got any um, theories as to why there's like no middle ground where the bands are either really shit or really good? It's, I don't under, I don't really know, to be honest with you. It's, I think it's just one of those deals where anybody, any band that's just run of the mill, like they're, if, if they were to be just run of the mill, it has to be guys that are just doing it for fun or like band members that are just doing it for fun. And so if they, they don't seem to stay together that long. Mm, yeah. It makes right, or, sense. You know, so it's like, okay, you got a bunch of average musicians together. That means they're not, they're not complete shit, but they're not really good. So they're just kind of there. So that means they probably have some other things in their lives going on that they can't fully commit. And so, you know, I just think it's one of those things where in the grand scheme of music, if you can't commit full time to it, the the average will just kind of like move on with their lives. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. I reckon um, there's this idea, um, it's not exactly i've never heard like be applied to bands in terms of um getting better as musicians but i guess there's kind of this um idea of there being like a pain point so i guess like with what you're saying maybe it's they start off shit i guess everyone starts off shit yeah and it's either you have the will to kind of get through this pain point which is kind of that middle ground where you're you're not 
yeah, you're not great, but you're not complete shit. So yeah. it's like you're shit and then you're like, what's going on? Why yeah. am I not as good as I wished I was? Why, is, why have I not yeah. got a fucking stadium tour coming up now? So you're yeah. like, all right, let's just give up. So you yeah. kind of stay in that little bit here. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. I, I think it's nobody wants to stay in that middle lane. It's they either want to be really good and, or mm. if they're really bad, their egos are so inflated that it's like, no, we're good. We're just not playing to our potential. Or it's one of those things that they're so bad that it's good. You know, you, you know those bands where it's like they're so bad that it's like almost funny to watch them play, you know? Oh, yeah, it, sure. So and they get a following, just be like, okay, let's see who's going to fall down drunk tonight. You know, and, <laughs> you know, you know, one of those situations, but, um, good money to say a band like that, where it's just an absolute shit show. And <laughs> they're just, there's all sorts of, I mean, ideally it wouldn't be like real people. Cause they'd probably yeah. just be a bit sad, but if it was like yeah. a band that just had this little performance where it's like, they all had like these personal issues and like one just can't seem to stand up straight yeah. for more than, 10 minutes has been spent too much time at the bar before the gig and he just falls over and drummers out of time or yeah. it's just starts, you know, picking yeah. on people because he's in a bad mood. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be a great show. Like that'd be I'm, surprised, I'm surprised no one's feeling that, you know, feeling that yeah. gap in the market. Cause that'd be good to watch. Being an intentionally bad band. That's yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So Nude Shift, you all been playing together for about 10 years, but you just recently recently dropped your debut album. Was it just kind of that progression you were talking about of wanting to kind of find your sound and become a better band before yeah, you started? Totally. Yeah, right. I guess it's, it's pretty, I mean, not, I guess most bands that kind of come together, usually the album or, you know, releasing music, the, mm -hmm. one of the first things they do. Um, but I think when you're, starting off younger like yeah like i said we we're only 13 or so when we met mm -hmm. it's just a different story so yeah. like you're still growing up as a and you know getting better as a musician to the point where you can record and not have it sound like shit mm -hmm. so it just took us a few years and yeah we gotcha. just had a little while but i think we it was maybe four years into being a band that we put out a single mm -hmm. um and since then we've kind of just been refining that and yeah, working on that little bit of craft. Nice. Awesome. So I do want to correct myself. It's a full length album, not an EP. I feel like I've been calling it an EP. My oh, really? I was looking, I just pulled up the Spotify playlist so I could make sure I call the or the call the album correctly. And I was like, Oh crap, it's a full album. And I've been sitting here calling it an EP. I, ah, well, it's one of those things, but, um, so you did drop your debut album, uh, steering wheels on summer's day, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a mouthful for me. Um, but, uh, what, what's the uh, story behind this album? Um, well, I guess the story started a couple of years ago as, uh, as many albums do, it started with a breakup mm. and, you know, you have a lot more time to reflect on things and mm -hmm. write. So yeah, I just was writing those songs to keep occupied and um, just cause I like doing it. And yeah. you know, because, because of what was going on in my life at the time, that's kind of what inspired the songs themselves. So it's uh, 
what some might call just another breakup album. Gotcha. Now, when you sat down to start working on this, did you know it was going to become an album or was, were you just kind of writing? Um, I think there was some point during the writing where I was like, well, what are we going to actually do? Like we knew we were going to release these songs, but we'd already done two EPs. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to just up the ante a little bit and yeah. do something a little harder. Yeah. Uh, even though like most people say, well, you shouldn't be releasing albums these days, just release singles. Yeah. Just, it's not bad advice, but um, with the place I was at, I was just like, you know, we've done the same thing twice. Like, let's just do something really difficult. Like, and it's, you know, it was a new challenge, you yeah. know, like having a, having two days in the studio to lay down all the drum tracks were like, you know, mm. it's kind of this excitement of knowing that you might fuck the whole thing and yeah. it's not going to happen. And, so much can go wrong and yeah. yeah. So it was a really, it was a really good journey. So it's kind of like everything I thought it would be in terms of um, just making it. It was, yeah. Yeah. Really quiet. Cool. And just an experience. Did you, you recorded it all yourself or did you go to a studio and do this? Uh, Well, we kind of did a bit of a hybrid method. So the way that we've always kind of done it is we'd record the drums in a proper studio because it's just trickier to do yeah. and then did everything else at home. Yeah. And that's always yeah. really worked. So at least um, the pressure is not as high where we need yeah. to make sure that everything's perfect before we go into the studio. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty easy when it's just the drums and we can just say, all right, let's make sure the drums are perfect. We've got two days. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. Yeah. And especially yeah, and when you're chill out at home the rest of the time. Yeah. And especially when you're in a place where the control, you can kind of control things a little bit better with, uh, you know, in a studio, in a treated room, all that stuff, drums are just so much easier. Having tried to record drums in like the sketchiest of sketchiest places, it's not always easy. So I feel Have you done that a fair bit yourself? Yeah, we uh, back when Live and Amplified first started, we used to do a lot of like live recordings, oh, okay. and and we were starting to become known as the people that would record metal bands in the weirdest places. So, like the first like heavy or hard rock, they weren't heavy metal; they were like a hard rock band. Um, we recorded them in a 10 foot by 10 foot room. So it was a five piece band, right? No, four piece. There were four piece because they had guitar, bass, singer, drums. Yeah, it was a four piece band plus mm-hmm. three of us in a 10 foot by 10 foot room. So I don't know what that would be in. Uh, about three meters. I yeah, think. about three meters. Yeah, so it's like a really relatively small room or really small room with all that gear and everything just kind of, it didn't matter where we put mics, everything was getting picked up. (laughs) So so then a couple of weeks later, we picked up like a heavy, it was like a death metal band and we recorded them in a garage because that's all we had available to us. And that actually, that one didn't turn out too bad but mm-hmm. we just got super lucky because they were so loud that they were uh, canceling out their own reverb. So it was <sighs> like, imagine how loud that has to be to just kind of cancel out reverb. So it's, mm. uh, 
we got a little lucky there, but yeah. Yeah, that's Ali. Yeah. So, uh, what were some of the uh, lessons that you took away from the whole process of, like, obviously you'd done singles and EPs and stuff like that, but what what are some of the lessons you took away from working on a full album? Hmm. I guess it's probably a bit more boring, but the project management side of it is, Hmm. um, is, you know, it's pretty important. You know, yeah. like, plus it's also fun. You know, yeah. you always see those uh, pictures from like when a band was recording an album and they got like that grid whiteboard thing and mm-hmm. they got the songs and the drum, drums and guitars and vocals yeah. and they got to color it in when everything's done. Because when you have that many songs, you're like, fuck, what have I actually done? You know, yeah. like, I know I was recording guitar yesterday, but yeah. who knows what song it was for. Yeah. So it really helps keep on top of stuff, um, you know, recalling settings like you just write down where all the knobs were mm-hmm. um on your guitar or whatever and just yeah all that kind of stuff it's um it's just funny because yeah. you think oh it's this artistic process yeah. and i just flow and lay down my guitar tracks and yeah whatever but yeah there's um it's a lot more enjoyable i find yeah. once yeah. you have kind of that project management side sorted because you you can't have that space to be creative without mm. worrying that you've, yeah. you know, forgotten to record a fucking acoustic guitar track. Right. And now for some reason in the middle of your song, there's just six bars of silence and you yeah. send it off to the master and you're like, what the fuck's this? Yeah. Um, you forgot. So, yeah, you forgot something that, that yeah. stuff's important. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, and it, you, you said, you made a comment about uh, people thinking it's, oh, he's being an artist and he has this artistic vision, but no, it's important to remember all that stuff because if your knobs are different from day one to day two, your sound's going to be completely different. Totally. Yeah. I guess maybe there was a time where the, you know, musician could just be, sorry, did I interrupt just then? No, you're fine. You're good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I was listening to something yesterday, like just about producers and whatnot. Um, and yeah, there definitely was a time where like, I guess the musicians could just be like these flowy artistic types and, yeah. you know, you had the producer and the engineer and it was like everyone had their job and the en- engineer was definitely kind of the yeah. one managing at least that kind of more technical side and then maybe yeah. the producer was managing the project and making sure you know, everything that needed to be, yeah, be recorded actually was. Yeah, for sure. But um, when you're doing it mostly by yourself, it's, uh, you know, you're kind of wearing a lot of hats, but yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, the weird thing I was thinking, I was like, just fucking, I was at work just the other day, like just listening to this stuff while I was sitting at my desk. Yeah. And I had this idea. It was like, you know, it's like these days, oh, as an artist, you got to wear a whole bunch of hats. That's true. Yep. Uh, but I reckon there's nothing wrong with it, but you just got to remember that you have one head and you can only wear one hat at a time. Yep. You can't, um, well, I don't know, actually, if you watch cricket, I don't know, sometimes when you go for a bowl, um, when someone's bowling, the other yeah. bloke takes his hat so it doesn't come flying off. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's important on the serious side to yep. kind of, you know, to some extent segment um, the different roles. So you're not doing multiple things at once. Yep. hundred percent agreed. As much as you can. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So 
obviously, or the album's been out for a good couple of months now. What are you, where are you kind of at creatively now? Are you already looking at the next single EP next project or are you, where are you kind of at right now? Um, we're kind of in this in-between phase. So we're mm-hmm. not at the point where we want to stop kind of promoting the album and, you know, making, uh, like videos and stuff surrounding yeah. all of those songs. Cause um, there's still a lot there that we can yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but as well as that, we're also preparing to do the next one. So, yeah. um, yeah, we've just been banging out some songs in the garage and nice. demoing and all of that, um, yeah. booking studio time. So like, we're definitely, um, serious and yeah. going to be working towards the next thing. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, there's, it's such a timeline to work on music. Like it's not something that happens overnight. So a lot, I think a lot of musicians kind of forget that. So they, they release an album and they want to give it all the lengths that it, they can give it, you know, like push it as long as they can get all the views, you know, all that fun stuff. But then they forget that they have to be musicians and work on new stuff so that instead of waiting another six months after this album has had its time and it's like, okay, we want more music now. Then you got to wait six more months to go produce it because you've been so busy working on this. Like it's a lot of very one track minded stuff, but I like what you guys are doing where it's like, okay, we're still promoting this album, but we're looking at what's next, whether it's a single EPLP, you know, like whatever it ends up being. So. Yeah, totally. I think when you're a new artist, um, that should be a massive, priority yeah um i guess too too often you see a band and you're like you hear one of their songs and you're like fuck that was really good mm-hmm. let's go check out the rest of their spotify page and it's like they got two other songs and i guess no one really you know becomes a fan of something off mm-hmm. a couple of songs yeah. um so i think and it's good. It's good when, you know, being an, being an artist and stuff, it's good to always have something that you're doing and something that's, you know, that you're looking forward to. Cause otherwise it's just so easy to dwell on the thing that you just released, especially like if it's your first single, you're like, Fuck, yeah. this is, I'm going to be like Beyonce cause she's got a song and now I've got a song. My song sounds great. And I'm going to share it with everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you share it and it's like, you know, it gets a, it gets a few hundred streams yeah. and they're like, Oh, I'm not like think, Beyonce. Yeah. I'm, not. No, I'm not, I'm not as much like Beyonce as I thought, unfortunately. Yeah. But, it, yeah totally. Having that next thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's good for everyone. You know, good oh, for yeah. the fans who want to hear more and it's good for the artists to always have you know, something that they're working towards. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's one of those things where it's like that, that first single is always kind of that reality check for you and you release it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get millions of streams and yes, you can, like, it's very possible. Like there's hundreds of musicians a week that prove that that's very possible, but unless you have the marketing plan, unless you have the backing, unless you just have the strategy in place, it's not going to happen you're going to get lost in the shuffle. You're going to get a couple of hundred views because your friends support you. But even most of them aren't going to give it a listen just because they're not going to give you the time of day, you know? So. Yeah. It's, 
it's definitely a reality that um you know that you kind of come to terms with mm-hmm. that's fine it's just um yeah. it's just part of the part of the growth and yeah for sure yeah um so where are you at kind of what planned shows are you how often are you playing shows right now um it's actually fairly quiet at the moment um okay. We haven't we haven't played a gig since October of last oh, wow. year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um we've got we've got a festival coming up in early April. That's mm-hmm. like the only thing we've got booked really. Um gotcha. and you know, it's kind of it's I don't I don't mind too much. Like I like playing gigs, I really do. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, preparing for a gig also takes time away from working on new yep. music. So Yep. On the and other side of the coin, it's like we have this one gig coming up. Let's just make the most of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, spend the rest of the time preparing for the next album. Yeah. And, for sure. You know, we'll pick up yeah. a few gigs when uh, I guess when we get asked or when there's a bit more demand and yeah. stuff. When we have good reason, like we've just released something. So yeah, I think we're in a good place right now cool. and just. Yeah, you know, still was playing in the garage and working on new music. It's nice. like all the all the fun we need. Yeah, you're just having fun right now. That's the important thing. Like, just keep it fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're working towards something. I guess we're at the point as a band where I think if we're not working towards something, it's not fun anymore because it's yeah. kind of like, what are we actually doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of feel like um, it was like Sisyphus or someone who. Yeah. Uh, rolls the stone up the hill just to see yeah. it come back down at the end of the day. So yeah. you just spent three hours at rehearsal fucking playing the 12 bar blues. Yeah. It was fun, but what really came of it? So it was like, it was good while it lasted, but you don't kind of get that longer term satisfaction. I think of um, doing something that's actually productive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like it's eating a- KFC versus, I don't know, a nice roast or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always enjoyed KFC, but I don't know. That's me. I love, I love KFC yeah. while it lasts. Like it's, it's good until the last bite. And then I'm like, fuck, what? why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. So yeah. Uh, Two weeks later, you're ready to have it again. Yeah. Right. Uh, so what's this uh, festival? What festival is it? Uh, it's called surf life. It's, okay. um, it's about, it's in a little town called, uh, Jeringal. It's about, okay. I don't know, two hours south of Sydney. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a festival. It's got bands, uh, because, of, because it's kind of about surfing as well. So they've got yeah. these, these like band festivals during the day and like yeah. surf shops and nice. I don't know. I've never surfed before. So I probably just sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a little arts culture festival and nice. Yeah, really looking forward to taking part in it. Those are my kind of, those are my favorite kind of festivals to go to. The small, they're gonna they're gonna have some decent names there, but mm. for the most part, it's just the community and the community that supports them, and those are always really fun because you get to meet so many interesting people. So yeah, totally. Do you kind of like it when um I don't know, like when you've got not just the music. So there's little stalls you can go to and, yeah. you know, arts installations or whatever that you can yeah. just to kind of diversify what's actually happening at the festival. Is that yeah, something we, that you're into? 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of the first music festivals that I ever went to, it was a, it was, uh, wait, no, I went to uh, a, it was supposed to be like a reimagining of Woodstock. Um, okay. And so it was up in uh, the Sandia Mountains in northern New Mexico. So I was living in New Mexico at the time, and it was up in like northern New Mexico and they had like a handful of artists that were actually at Woodstock or actually played at Woodstock. So they had like that acoustic stage. And so there were some of the artists that had played there, some of the lesser known guys. And so they came on, they were like the headliners or whatever. And it was really cool, but you walk around the campsite and it's like, they've got the music going, which is really cool but then they're doing a yoga class over here, which I'm not into yoga. Like a lot of the stuff that they were doing, I wasn't really into because it was like yoga. It was uh, like vegan food. It was like very um, not religious, but it was spiritual stuff. Like just like they were doing like meditation and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of walking around and just seeing all these different types of people all in one place. And then here, here I am with my buddy, like we're just there for the music. Like all this other stuff is, you know, just kind of, that mm. is just kind of there, but then you kind of get into the, get into the feel of everything. And it's like, wow. You know, it, it just kind of like, if the vibe is right, the vibe is right. That's all that matters. So. Yeah, totally. I guess you kind of just open up to new things. And yeah, when you got that vibe, you kind of just go along with anything. And it also helped. And it also helped because there was chicks walking around topless all day. It was great. It was the most basic thing ever. Like Like it was quite hot down there. it, It wasn't hot. It was just like it was this was like September, October in New Mexico in the mountains. So like during the day, it was it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold either. But at mm. nighttime, if you didn't have a jacket on, you're going to freeze. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, but they're just, there's just, I was sitting, I was like, y'all are nuts. Like, it's not that hot out here. So, but it was just like, you know, it's yeah. the place where you can do it. So, you may as well. Yep. Is, you know, I'm, I'm feeling free. So, yeah. Uh, 100%. That's what yeah. So, um, outside of music what do you do what what are some of your hobbies outside of music hmm that is a good question you don't want to be like the person that sounds like music is all you do because that's a sad life but um i mean outside of that we do like sometimes when we actually get the chance i don't mind playing golf okay um sometimes our drummer will and i will go play a bit of golf and you know just absolutely suck at it for about two or three hours, but yeah. driving the buggy is fun. So yeah. uh, nice. it's all worth it in the end. And it's nice just like, just walking around and yeah. you know, being surrounded by nature and, you know, very much landscaped and man-made nature. Yeah. You know, it's still good. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's one thing we like to do. Apart from that, we just like, you know, sitting at the pub and having a fucking beer on a nice afternoon. Yeah, for sure. I'm still, I'm hope I was hoping to get out to Australia this year, but just financially, it's not going to happen. So it's like, all right, 
And every, like every musician from Australia, you know, we've had several from Sydney. I feel like we've had half the Sydney music scene. And then, you know, it's like, Oh wait, Sydney's a huge city. I'm sure we haven't had half the scene, you know, but, um, every time I talk to somebody, they're like, Oh, you got to come between November and like March. That's the best time to come. And I'm like, that's like the hardest time to come over because you got the holidays Mm. and then like March, we're just really busy in general. So, you know, I don't want to leave the summer here to go during the winter there. That doesn't sound like a fair trade. I'd rather leave the winter here and go over in the summer, you know? Yeah, totally. So, um, but hopefully, uh, next year we'll kind of get that figured out and all that fun stuff. So hundred percent. There's lots to say here. Have you ever been to Sydney before or no, never. Um, I actually, so when I was in school, I, was applying to do an internship abroad because I was in a, I was in a video production, uh, film production, and there had a summer internship in Alice Springs. And so I was like really gung ho about getting that because I had never really left the country. Like I'd made like a, afternoon trip to Canada because I was in like, I was like an hour from the border and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. My dad and I were like, we're going to go have dinner in Canada just to say we did that. I'm like, you know, so I've done little things like that, but never like really gone out of the country where I can't get back in 20 minutes, you know? Um, so I was really gung ho about that. And then they I didn't end up getting the internship because like the visa was going to be like this whole process. And I'm like, okay, fair enough, you know, whatever, Mm. but hopefully it's on the bucket list for sure. Our places to go. So. Totally. Sounds good. We'll grab a beer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, So for anybody that wants to check out your new music, catch a show, catch catch you at the uh, surf festival or Anything that uh, else you got going on, where's the best place to find you? Hmm. Uh, probably just Instagram. Okay. That's where, I mean, that's where the most updates happen. Um, you know, we're always keeping things up there. So, yeah, that'd be the place. If you yes. want to keep up with the gigs, just follow us on, you know, song here called Bands in Town or whichever one of those you yeah. use. Yeah. And, yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Pretty, pretty easy to keep up with musicians these days. If, yeah. If they're keeping you updated, just, yeah. Yeah. Instagram seems to be the place right now. So it's all all good. But once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. Really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Whenever you got the next release ready to go, feel free to reach out. Love to have you back on. And I mean, we've been talking pretty regularly for the last three months. So I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll continue the conversation as we move forward. And once, so once again, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you're listening live, uh, please give us a follow here on Twitch. We're really trying to grow our Twitch community, but if you're listening after the stream on Spotify and all that stuff, um, live and amplified.net is the best place to find all of our information, socials, all that fun stuff. Um, That's just kind of the catch all place to go. Uh, But yeah, other than that, Thank you, everybody, and we will catch you all later.